I have a valet ticket from Caesars. Looks like we got in at 5.15 a.m. Drove last night? <laughs> Driving drunk. Classic. <laughs> What's on your arm? What's this? Phil, you were in the hospital last night. I guess so, yeah. You okay? Yeah, Alan, I'm fine. What the hell is going on? Well, Stu, Stu, this is a good thing. We have a lead now. Hey, Stu, watch this. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Got a lot to get to today. Aldrich Rosas, obviously. Joe Judge talked to the media a little bit. We got Giants stories, and then we even have some mailbag voicemail questions, which, you know what, we may, this may end up being a long show. We were just talking the other day, Justin, about how we have nothing to talk about. Um, and that's why we did our Giants fantasy draft the other day. And now we have a bunch of news. We're going to get into the Rosa stuff quick, but how are you doing, Justin? I'm kind of excited that we have things to talk about, even though the majority of the biggest piece of news that we have is not good. It always happens all at once. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself because I forgot who Kenny Phillips and Jason Seahorn was in last week's last week's. What do we know? That felt like last week on Tuesday's draft. And I'm also upset that uh, Giants players keep on getting arrested. So, but uh, how are you, Bobby Skinner? I'm all right. You know, I haven't been arrested this week, so I'm do- I'm doing I'm doing all right for the shape. I'm doing in. better than Rosas. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it with Rosas. Uh, arrested on misdemeanor hit and run, and driving on a suspended license. So basically, this is the scene that the cops paint. Um, and it'd be interesting that Giants fans are believing cops this week. All right, so basically, they said that he T-boned a, car, a, a guy uh, at 100 miles per hour. Uh, they believe alcohol was involved. They, I guess he fled the scene, and they found him all bloodied up, um, you know, leaving because his car was broke down. Looks really bad. Um, I'll say the 100 miles per hour thing. I don't, I don't really believe that. Uh, you know, let, like, that's kind of a wild jump to get to. But they believe alcohol was involved. And Justin, I asked around because it's very weird that he wasn't arrested on DUI charges, you know, because you don't need proof, like a full on proof for an arrest. You don't even need a blood alcohol test for arrest. I've been looking, I've been like Googling and asking questions about California laws and there's not much there. I know in Florida, if you get into an accident, they force you to take a blood alcohol content uh, test. Maybe it's that he actually performed lower because it was early in the morning and maybe it was coming down from his buzz. I don't know. But it's weird that they say alcohol was involved and he wasn't arrested on DUI charges. But nonetheless, uh, it's a horrible look for a guy who was already being paid a little bit more than what he has performed, uh, especially this past season. I don't know what's going to happen with Rosas, but I lean that he's not going to be here this next season. Yeah, you're you're playing the the little jailhouse ro- lawyer role that that we uh, that both of us kind of played with DeAndre Baker. But to be honest, Bobby, I don't really have the energy to do that this time with Rosas because he's more expendable. I feel like this situation is it's not as complicated as as it was with Baker, but also it's because it's not as complicated because he is an expendable player. We're gonna wait for everything to play out, but I'm not freaking out like we were with Baker in terms of like our anxiety over our our kicker yeah and a couple reasons why he is more extendable this is different than deandre baker with deandre baker the arrest was based on people hey they said this you know people who waited over an hour to make the phone call to say you know uh alleged alleged uh thing happened so that's where it's different than deandre baker where they showed up 
they found his vehicle. They found his vehicle crashed. They found him all bloodied up. Like it's, it's, there's no like, Ooh, was it Rosas or was it this guy? Was it set up there? There is none of that. It's more open and shut case. You know, obviously you're always proven innocent or guilty or um, innocent until proven guilty. Obviously that, and you know, court cases go, go, go sideways, but this is a lot different than Deandre Baker. And Justin, like you said, he's a lot more expendable. He wasn't a good field goal kicker last year. He hit 70% of his kicks or 72%. He missed four extra po- uh, points. Uh, he didn't play good. And the fact, Justin, that he has a big contract. You know, they they did the franchise tender on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that He has a $3.259 million contract. And they will save every single penny of it if they cut him. And they kind of need it. Yeah, they may end up needing it, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So we could talk about options, but because of all that, I lean that he'll be gone. Um, and the fact that, you know, this is he was arrested for DUI a few years ago. Uh, he's an expendable player who didn't have a good year last year. Uh, they were going to bring in competition with him. Um, anyways, I think it's going to be similar, but I, I just don't expect Rosas to be there because he's probably going to be suspended no matter what happens at this point. Yeah, and you actually had a really good theory pre-show, and I'm not going to try to restate it and take your point because I thought you said it kind of perfectly. You know, I know we're all talking about Guskowski. We're talking about some of the bigger names. But in terms of bringing in competition with Rosas anyway, let's just say he doesn't get in trouble with the law, right? You know, what what do you think that they would have done anyway? And what kind of makes sense? Even if, even let's just say he's kept and he gets suspended through the first four games of the season, right? You said something to me pre-show about what the Giants could do that actually makes sense that doesn't involve bringing in a big-name kicker. Yeah, and so let's let's go through that, and then we'll we'll actually tell a little fun story that we had on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they could bring in a guy like Matthew McCrane. And Matthew McCrane, he kicked in the NFL in 2018. Uh, he, you know, he plays college ball at Washington. He kicked in 2018. He played for the Raiders, uh, the the Cardinals, and the Steelers. And then last, and then he played for the XFL to begin this year for the Guardians. So he was in MetLife. So, and we'll get to why his name is somebody we go. But I think what they're going to do is they're going to go somebody like him, someone that's cheap, someone that will have a, you know no guaranteed money in their deal, Justin. Because what they can do is that you bring in that guy, you'll you keep them both through camp. If if they if they do want to keep Rosas, like take a chance in possibly keeping Rosas, you keep both those guys in camp. Rosas will get a four game suspension more, you know, most likely. And I'm sure the Giants will be like, hey, can we get this done now? So you bring that guy in and he kicks the first four games, Justin. And if he performs well, then it's like, then you just cut Rosas because there's no need for him. Um, and then if you want to keep Rosas and say the guy hasn't been performed well, then, uh, you know, you cut him and bring Rosas in. But like we were saying before, Ros- it, it'd be one thing if we were coming off the Pro Bowl year and the guy missed one kick in the entire right. season. But that, I mean, he was a problem last year. You know, he went from that awesome Pro Bowl year to a liability. Yeah, I think having options, and I'm thinking about it's a tug and pull because, again, my my I don't want to I don't want to jump to Marcus Golden right away. But you know, when we're when we're thinking about the opportunity of possibly getting rid of three point two million dollars without any kind of repercussions behind it cold-hearted <laughs> cold-hearted situation that you have here as a as a businessman who's running the team but we want Marcus Golden back on this team when you have that opportunity it's so tough to pass up but also at the same time let's think logically here kicker's not the 
you know, I, I, I know we downplay special teams on this podcast, and I'm honestly of the belief of if you're going to cut Aldrick Rosas, find some who can kick a football. That's why we're not going to go crazy with looking at the list of like possible free agent free agent uh, solutions. But I think having options is a good that's a good thing. So I honestly think that alternative that you brought up, even though you may think that Rosas may be cut just for the sake of you know getting him off the team, I I think that alternative that you just brought up is very very likely. He's going to yeah. get suspended for the four games. Somebody else will come in. They'll have a chance to win the job. Yeah, and they also may just cut him in a week and bring in someone like Goskowski. You know what I'm saying? But also, guys like that, I don't know how much, like, I don't think they will really want to come in on a bargain deal. Like, you, you know, like Adam Vinatieri no. was thrown out there. It's like Adam Vinatieri is not coming back for cheap. You know, guys like maybe Mike Nugent or somebody, um, who Rosas actually did beat out for the job in 2017. Yeah, maybe somebody like him who would be a little cheaper. But... I lean that they'll probably go the the younger route. And should we talk about why we lean Matthew McCrane, the NFL kicker who played for the Guardians, Justin? Yeah, let's do it. Let's well, do we it. Felt like, so, uh... We felt so in the loop, Justin, because Matthew McCrane followed you yesterday. <laughs> and then you looked mm-hmm. at the people he recently followed you. It was you, Paul Schwartz, and Jordan Ronan, and the Giants. So we talk, and we're like, ooh, what does this mean? Um, and then, so I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to DM him and be like, have you talked to big blue? And then I sent him a gif of him and he responded like, no. And we're like, or he, he, he responded with a, with an emoji, which is like, okay, I'll have you. And then he asked us to retweet his stuff. Well, first, Justin, what I did is I got a picture of a crane and then I Photoshopped the McDonald's logo on mm-hmm. it with the eyeball emoji. Cause we're not, we're not newsbreakers. We never will. Even if he was like, Hey, I, if he told us he's going to sign the giants, we're just, we don't get into the newsbreaker thing. Like that's that's just not our, our lane. Um, because if we're wrong, uh, we look like idiots and we don't really gain much from it if we're right, you know. Um, except for Nick Gates for center. I'll break that news. So I was like <laughs> I was like so I put that out. So if it could happen, we could just quote tweet that and be like, What do these guys know? You know, just have a little fun with it. But I the more it looks like it, the more like he thinks that we actually make the decisions for the Giants, because he was asking us to retweet his pin tweet so you get some met <laughs> like some metlife film out there which was pretty interesting uh which i guess he was eight for eight uh in the met and metlife in the winter months so i guess that's a good thing do you met you went to a, a guardians game do you remember anything from i did McCrane? no i i wasn't if you know you you know me and how i just i don't i barely pay attention when special teams is on i'm on twitter when special teams is on the field for crying out loud i'm just wondering why me and I guess you know, maybe I, know, I should give myself so I, like jo- I should maybe give myself a little bit more credit. I, I think I'm getting up there maybe in followers, but compared to other Giants pages and other beat reporters, I, I'm nowhere near. I'm not. I'm kind. I'm not even really like very close to you. I'm like two. I'm like more than two thousand followers away from you. So the fact that he followed me first. Now I was tweeting about special teams because I recently just wrote this special teams blog about how weather impacts special teams play and field position for offensively and defensively how it affects average field position i've looked at data of like the last 20 years so i was tweeting about that so maybe he followed me from there i have no clue it was just very very strange so i actually dm'd him and i was thinking about a way where i can maybe get him to dulge out some information without actually asking him a straight up question so i just said thanks for the follow Hope the Giants are thinking about bringing you on. That's all that I DM'd him, and he said, me too. And then he just talked about, you know, having played in MetLife, it's one of the most difficult stadiums to kick in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, 
then he just asked me to retweet his pin tweet same thing with you and uh i now we're hopefully we're best friends and i'm actually now actively rooting for the giants to sign him <laughs> yeah i just love the idea that it's like hey can you get this this film out there for me like gettleman is following <laughs> us even though dave david a gettleman is following us and i love he's one of my favorite twitter accounts um so yeah, I just thought that I thought our listeners would appreciate that little behind the you, scenes. You you never know. You never know about these burner accounts, Bobby. Like I'm, you know, I'm we're we're pretty, yeah, you know, we're but, pretty connected with Talking Yanks and stuff like that. Brian Cashman definitely has burners and I think John Boy and Jake have confirmed that. We need to see if we can find like some some Gettleman Mara burners of if they're if they're just accounts on Twitter that are actively defending Gettleman, which that's not that very hard to do, or actively defending Mara, which is more hard, which is more difficult to find. Um, but we need to find some burner accounts because they're they definitely have to be out there. Definitely have to. One would be that um that Slemery guy. Like S yes. like S L E and then Marie. Mm-hmm. That guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy literally, I've never seen some good toe the company line like that guy. We get called Comers. That guy's on another level. <laughs> All right. So, anything else to add to the kicker situation? I mean, I think we kind of hit everything on it. We don't need to spend too much more time on it. No, not not good. Um, Alger Grossas wasn't exactly happy to, to hear that. I mean, hey, gave us something to talk about for the first 15 minutes of the show. But, uh, not good, no bueno. Find somebody who can kick the football, Giants. That's that's what I would like. And Matthew McCrane is available, and we would be great friends with a Giants kicker if if they made that decision. Well, I'm and rooting the for long it. snapper, Casey Kreider. He likes us too. Mm. Um, so there there we go. All right, so you ready? Let's talk about some Joe Judge stuff. Joe Judge talked with the media. He actually talked individually with with each media member, um, which was annoying. Them, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't get to see it, so we had to read every single article to pull stuff from. Justin, there's a few things I got, and I know there's one thing you want to hit on. Let's start with Marcus Golden, because that's the most important news. That's not just, you know, fluff. Marcus Golden, when he was asked about him, obviously we put the tender on him, so we're interested in him. I have a lot of respect for him as a player, as a person, Judge said. We've put the tender on him because we've expressed our interest or intent for him to be able to join our roster. I don't know how fast things may or may not move. So for him to be saying that, Justin, as long as no one signs him before that July 22nd tender activates, Marcus Golden's a giant, right? God willing. Dan Duggan brought up that the edge rushers currently on the Giants roster have a combined 29 and a half sacks. That's bad. That's very bad. And I think um, going off of just based off of 2019, um, nobody had more, no edge rusher had more than like four and a half sacks. We we need him badly, Bobby. We need him absolutely 100% badly. And it gets a lot easier if the $3.2 million comes off the books and there's no dead money that follows that. Even though we're, we're rooting for the guys in blue, right? You know, we're rooting for Rosas to get it together. We're rooting for him to, you know, be a giant and be successful. But again, that's, that's just sitting there and that's tempting. And that would make this Marcus Golden situation, I feel like, a lot simpler. But that's just yeah, but my brain. Gonna... That may actually not be how it works. If July 22nd hits there, it doesn't matter how much money is on the books. They will make a way to sign right. him. I mean, it's $5 yeah. million, which, by the way, I have uh, a tweet bookmarked when we did our giant our free agency like preview tweets, and someone called me a moron for saying that Marcus Golden might sign for 8.5 mil. So I'm actually going to get a $3.5 million discount. So suck it, Debbie. Oh. I'm assuming that he's going to be on the roster. Because if someone else would have signed him, why not at this point? You know, They're not going to wait till like. You can't wait till camp because he's going to be signed by then. 
Uh, well, they're waiting. They have to be waiting for Griffin, Everson Griffin, and Jadavion Clowney. So at this point, it's just a poker game. Who's I don't see that, those guys happening before the 22nd either. So um, that's why I think he'll be there on the 22nd hit. It'd be one thing if it was August 22nd when, in the middle of camp. But right. I don't see any, either of those guys going before Golden. And I don't see anyone at this point, like, you, you give up a comp pick if you sign Golden now. So I think I think Golden ends up with this. Or maybe somebody on July 21st offers him $6 mil a year and he gets signed. So that could happen too. Next on the Joe Judge docket, Justin, uh, he was asked about the left tackle, right tackle thing with Solder and Thomas. Um, nothing new, but I figured we address it. He said, we're going to cross train a lot of guys on both sides, left and right. And we're going to give a little bit of time in training camp until we really narrow down and identify where the pieces fit best for the team. Judge said, we have multiple guys that can play right or left tackle. So we don't want to go ahead and predetermine that now, especially since we haven't been on the field with these guys yet. So a cookie cutter, nothing answer. I don't, I don't really get much out of that, but I know there was a point you had on it. Yeah, a point that I had and you know, this the conversation went on a little bit with some different beat reporters about this exact thing, left tackle, right tackle, and this is even including center as well. Now, this is a conversation that we were having last year as well because there was a lot of new things happening on the offensive line and getting together talking about continuity. Solder was hurt, I believe with his ankle. Mike Remmers was coming off of back surgery. Kevin Zeitler was just new to the team. So we had a lot of new different pieces there. Will Hernandez was in his second year. So one of the things that I liked, and I specifically got this from the athletic article, that judges balancing patience of letting the best man win at tackle in the center spot, but also understands that offensive line needs continuity during camp. So we're going to preach competition, but also there is going to come a point in camp, and when these guys are actually together, again, (laughs) God willing, when we're actually together, and that they're going to have to make a decision on who's going to be the starter where because this offensive line group, they need the continuity and they need to play together for at least a few weeks. You're hopefully maybe thinking that third preseason game, that dress rehearsal game, you hopefully have your offensive line together so they can play a good amount of decent game time together, get the chemistry going, and hopefully be somewhat ready to rock and roll week one. Yeah, I I agree with that. But I will say as much as, there is competitions and stuff like that with the whole left tackle, right tackle thing. I would look at practice too and see where guys line up. And that'll tell you a lot. And if Thomas is playing only left tackle on day two of practice, then I would say there, if Solder is playing only left tackle on day two of practice, then I'd say Solder's playing left tackle. If they're splitting reps, then I would say it's going to be Thomas. So as much as you do want to take time, you also don't want to have guys switching between left and right to start out camp. And camp is right. not um, – there's not as many padded practices. There's no more two-a-days anymore. So you have to be a little quicker than you would in the past. Where, you know, in the past, you literally got two practices a day of padded practices. Now you can – you know, you barely get that once a day. Uh, and yep. they don't even really tackle in practice anymore. And, and it's a, a lot lighter load on the players. So Yeah, two and a half hours. That's it. Yeah. So I, I would look at where people line up day two, and I think it will tell you a ton. Um, because there is, there is battles and there is, you know, uh, you know, open competitions, but, um, you gotta be clear cut, uh, to really make a jump. And if you're not showing that from like the first day, it's like, how much, how much progress are you going to make 10 days in? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, and then the other quote I had just wanted to touch on this. He said on Deandre Baker, 
all I want to say on the situation right there is he's still on our roster. Judge said, I'm not going to ever comment on ongoing legal situations. The farther we get away, the more I get worried that Baker won't be on the roster when the season starts because there's kind of no reason for him to not be um, in virtual uh, you know, OTAs. But that being said, they also will probably want to wait as long as possible to make a decision. But I do like that comment that he's still on our roster. So I, I guess I'll put a little bit of hope into there. Gosh, did you did you see that uh that Pete Carroll quote about Dunbar the other day? Because Dunbar is actually with the Seahawks. He's not in facility, but he's with the Seahawks participating in offseason programs. And Pete Carroll had this like such a funny quote where he like started off with optimism and then he like further reflected on what he was saying about his case. And then he was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll just wait. <laughs> Yeah, again, Bobby, we've we've said it with DeAndre Baker throughout this entire thing. Like, let's just wait and see. I think we're both fairly confident that it is going to be resolved and case may be dropped. Uh, I was talking about this with you about if if there's any kind of deadline that the state of Florida has, if they want to pursue things further, which I think you said that, well, they already are pursuing things further. So uh, wait, wait and see. I'm still neutral. I'm not feeling any different than I did after his bond hearing about uh, his chances of being on the team. I think he's going to be on the team. Yeah, I, I, I sure hope so at this point. Um, and then you had one last thing on on Joe Judge, right? Yeah, yeah. There's and I and I know this is a, a lot of coaches are probably saying the same thing. But again, this is talking Giants. We follow the Giants, and I, I think this is an important point. Bobby calls me a nerd for a lot of different things, and Bobby also doesn't like. Uh, when I compliment him on nerd. certain things I, for, for being a nerd and I, I have, I have emotions, I have feelings. So this is me thinking with my heart here and not just my brain. Now thinking about Joe judge and, you know, he's new to the team and thinking about him being a, a leader of men. And I have really taken all of these reports and all of these articles that I've read about Joe judge and what they've asked him about the recent issues that have been happening around the country the main thing that I've taken is the importance of listening and how judge understands the importance of listening. And in my opinion, it takes a leader to listen to those who follow him. Now, Bobby would probably have the point where it's like, well, you know what? All coaches are saying that and all coaches are doing that, but you know what? Joe judge, this is, we're just talking about the giants here. So I think he's gone out of his way, and this is something that we've seen in all those articles, that he's actually gone out of his way to not just address this with the team and then put it away. He's had personal conversations with guys, uh, and that's that's when I think of like who would I want to play for and a guy that I would want to play for, a guy that would go out of his way to have personal conversations with, with me about anything, personal life, societal issues, football, family, anything. You know, That's a guy that I would want to play for, and you know, that's a good impression that Judge is obviously giving off when it's coming to this extremely complicated situation. And it also takes a leader and it takes a lot of courage to say, you know, I I know my background. You know, he said at that quota of, of like as a 38 year old white male, you know, he's recognizing his background. He's recognizing where he comes from and how that may be different from a lot of the guys that he's coaching. I think that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of leadership. It takes a lot of strength to do. So kudos to Joe Judge on something that you know, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with like on football field play, but it's important if you want to be a good leader. My counter, and he does need, he does have to say all that thing, all those things, is that every coach is saying the same thing. And it's like, you know, like I bet you if Pat Shermer, like Pat Shermer was out, you know, protesting um, with players, 
I'm always big on live it. You know, like I can't stand the talk, 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 talk by people. And let's do a black tile on Instagram. Cause I feel like that is, it's, it's a lot of self-serving. Like you saw when it first happened for a week, you people that you follow talking, we got to do this. And then now they're back onto their regular schedule program, you know? And Justin, we talked about it the other day, the whole, like, silence is compliance or like like being like where's your statement uh giants you know it's like well maybe they're actually like doing something and not just giving a cookie cutter statement that anybody could do and i mean look at florida state when they said that they had talked to all their players and their players like no you haven't but good on them for giving out a statement you know what i'm saying so but i i liken a lot of that to churches passing around the offering basket and you know if you follow me you know i'm a christian but i i don't like the idea of passing around a basket and um you know, luckily I'm in a church that doesn't. But what happens is a lot of people put $2 in there. Um, or, you know, obviously if you're broke, you put what you can. But there's a lot of people in there with money who paid a dollar, $2 in. And why do they do it? Because they've got people looking at them. So they don't really, they're not doing anything out of their heart. They're just being like, hey, I, I did something, you know. And so that's where I see a lot of this stuff. And I'm not saying that is wrong. But I just don't buy in the talk. Show me what you do with your life. Um, and I think Joe Judge probably is doing that. And from what the players have came out and spoken, you know, like, you know, Shep has been vocal. Other guys have been vocal and talked about, you know, uh, you know, Joe Judge and the way the Giants have handled. And they said they've done a good job. So I, I like that more than anything than a statement from the New York Giants. Like that stuff just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, and I think a lot of like what I was talking about, it wasn't necessarily oh the statement to the public. Joe Judge has been talking about how he's been treating the players and how he's gone about this these conversations with his players. Now, in the statement that the Giants did put out, in terms of like oh just you know do something rather than you know uh, rather than just you know playing a good PR role. I know they work with the Vera Institute of Justice. I don't know how much that was the first I was hearing it. The Vera Institute of Justice is. One of the one of the organizations that I follow for good research on for, for stuff like this, but also he Joe Judge said in his own statements, and this is the statement that was posted onto guys' Instagram stories. I know McKinney posted something to his Instagram story from the actual Giants page, and it was Joe Judge's quote about actually doing. So I honestly think that it is going to be up to the players, and that's going to be the thing where that may be tough when it comes down to like football season and all the activities that come with that, it may actually be down to the players. And if the players express that they want to do something as a team, it's nice to know that Joe Judge, they're, they're going to have Joe Judge's support. So that's it. That's that's all that I had about it. You know, being a good yeah. leader, uh, it's being a, being a good listener, uh, it's it's important and good for Joe Judge. Like you said, I, I, I like to see guys doing – like McKinney. McKinney's a great example. Like he's – like people will say – like call, called him out, and he'd be like, okay, well, like do – talk about – like you're talking about it, let's do it, you know? Um, yeah. That's why I just, you know, when that was going on and more heightened, it was just aggravating to me because I was like, and not on like social, like Twitter and stuff, but like people I know in my personal life that were the loudest. And I'm like, you know what? Like you're one of the most selfish people I know. It's like, you don't care about anybody. I've never seen you help another person out. And, but they were like the loudest and they were doing all this. And it's like, I know you don't live that though. It's like, I know you, <laughs> I know who you are. So that's why yeah. I don't know. It's, it's skepticism on me because I just see so many people want, I just, I see, I think a lot of people self-serve and I know our listeners have seen it uh, where, and this is so off topic from giants, but you probably saw <laughs> somebody that you didn't expect talking for a week, talking about we this, 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 and that, and check their Twitter the past week and see what they've done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of self-serving, but like you said, I like, I like what the giants have done because 
you know, people are like, where's your statement, Giants? Where's your statement, Giants? And they finally came out and it was like, hey, we were actually doing stuff before we gave a, our cookie cutter statement. So yeah. I, I like that. Right on. <laughs> right, so there there goes the rant that had nothing to do with the Giants, but that's been on my chest, so I figured we'd get it out there. And with Anthony going on, uh, we didn't really talk about it much, uh, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago. All right, Justin, uh, quick announcement, and then we'll do Giants stories, and then we'll we'll transition to mailbag voicemail. Next week, we've been figuring, trying to figure out when we're going to do this. Next week, 2021 draft week boys and girls we're going to be looking at some prospects not a ton maybe 15 to 20 uh a piece so i guess we'll, we'll get a good amount of, of guys so top prospects two, yeah top prospects we're not going to be looking at you know six round running backs like we did to preview the actual draft because we don't know where we're going to be picking or what's going to happen uh, so we're going to be looking at top prospects guys like jamar chase micah johnson i think tuesday we're going to do defense because you got to think we'll eventually take defense in the first round one year even though we did take Dexter Lawrence <laughs> and DeAndre Baker. Uh, people forget about that. Uh, so we'll look at defense on Tuesday, and then Friday we'll probably look at offense. We'll be posting stuff on Twitter. So get excited. And if there's a top prospect that you want to make sure we hit, because we're not going to hit all of them, make sure to tweet at us, DM us or whatnot, and we'll, we'll try and get it on there. But we're going to do defense first, and then uh, then we'll do offense on Friday. So that that's going to be fun. We've been, we've been talking about doing that for a while, so it's time to do it. All right, Justin, it's time for Giants Stories. Cue the music. Leonard Williams continues to live his best life without a waterfall, out on the boat, spearfishing, you know, the usual. Darnay Holmes was working with his youth football camp at the Pasadena Giants. Tay Crowder was having a hell of a spread of food. With Bears linebacker, former first-round pick, Roquan Smith. Remember that guy? I liked him a lot. Xavier McKinney was paintballing. Drayvon Askew-Henry was at the zoo looking at tigers and elephants. Andrew Thomas was barbecuing. Oh, Lord Jesus, there's a fire. John Halapia was doing cannonballs into his pool. Dexter Lawrence was at the Golden Gate Bridge. Eric Tomlinson was swinging his child. Eric Smith was protesting. And Rosas was speeding. All right, Justin, what, what piques your interest here? Aldrich Rosas probably didn't put on his Instagram story that he was speeding. Yeah, but it's, it doesn't have to be on the Instagram stories. That just that just makes the main – that's the main source of it. And be, doing that, we missed out on the fact that Eric Smith and Chris Peace a couple weeks ago were at like a NASA training facility. It was like the only two giants we weren't following on Instagram. Really? Yeah, we missed that. Um, it was, but what, what does pique your interest out of all this? Darnay Holmes, he's another guy that lives like not uh, he lives a good life number one, but he also lives a wholesome life. I feel like he does a lot of good things. Good and guy. what was he what was he doing this week? Uh, he has like a youth football like camp thing at the Pasadena oh, Giants. A, um, I also saw dude. that he was doing like speaking with police or something. I didn't see the whole thing, um, but he's in Pasadena, California, uh, where he was doing that. Take Crowder, Tay Crowder, going with Roquan Smith. yeah. That's interesting because I yeah. love Roquan Smith out of Georgia. I know he hasn't totally panned out for the Bears, but I love both of their playing styles. So I, I like that he's hanging out with Roquan. 
What were they eating? Did you see what specifically they were eating? What kind of I food? can't remember. It was Saturday, so it was like literally the first day you can be put onto this list. But it was a lot of stuff. They were having a good okay. old time. I love the zoo. Uh, Drayvon Askew Henry was at the zoo. Yep. Um, that's I was going to bring that up. I'm a big zoo fan. And we're big on like, hey, like let's throw water on the alligator and see what happens. And like not messing with the animals, but also not just being like looking like, Let's throw a let's throw a leaf at at these fish and see what happens. You know, like I'm, I'm a big Not, experimental guy at the zoo. Well, why would you throw water on an alligator and expect it to do anything when alligators? You want to see if it moves. automatically they just go in water anyway. Oh, you want to see yeah, if but it if, moves? Yeah, but I mean, if you you go into the pool <laughs> and if you're laying down in the sun and someone throws water on you, you're gonna move. You didn't move, uh, and a lady yelled at go me. Into my the brother pool. said, "Don't throw it! Don't throw water on the alligator!" But nonetheless, we did it. And my brother said, it's just water, which was a funny line. I think if you did anything with the alligators, like we're in the cage. You guys are crazy. You we, know, there's a place a down here podcast. in Florida. Yeah, it's called Silman Radio. That's where the crazy podcast is. It's coming. It's going to come back eventually. <laughs> um, there's a place called Gatorland in Florida. And I, and I it's been since I was a kid, since I went there. And I was thinking about it. Um, and I was like, man, well, let's go back to Gatorland. But the more I thought about it, I was like, man, that kind of reminds me of the tiger king you know so it's like morally should mm-hmm. i go to gatorland i'm gonna go um or at least i'm i want to go but nonetheless i did have that will you be contributing head. funds will you be contributing funds to gatorland to go and attend or is it what I mean, what's what is in. the monetary price what but what know. how much since i was like nine years old here look it up right now because be if you're talking anymore. about morally morally if you should support it if it's fifteen bucks, go. But if it's fifty, it's like, eh, you know, then you're contributing a lot. Welcome to You don't want to contribute a lot. Orlando's. Hold on, I'm looking at it right now. My point my point was is that we, you need to start a separate podcast where you just tell the stories from your life and your childhood about all the, the rabble rousing things that you've done. That was my that was my original point. And you said it's called Simple Man Radio. Yeah, I mean, I just like to slowly let them leak out onto Talking Giants. Um, a ticket is twenty-seven dollars, <laughs> so I'll, I'll go. Yeah, it's yeah. Maybe yeah, we could get our Talking Giants family down to Florida, and we'll all go to Gatorland together. That'll be our first event. <laughs> Honestly, it would be a great event. Unfortunately, all you guys live in New York and New Jersey, like some weirdos. Nope, not a not a live not a live podcast, not a get together. Well, it is a get together, except it's just at Gatorland. It's not at a bar. It's at Gatorland. Maybe Bronx Zoo could be something we do, which is so aggravating. I thought about because, like, you remember when I was in New York, I stayed in the Bronx, and it was like, why yes. did you stay in the Bronx? And I was like, my first time I ever complained about John Boy Media is they told me to stay in the Bronx, and it's like the one thing I actually could do in the Bronx, we didn't do. We didn't go to the Bronx Zoo because there was no Yankee traveling to the Bronx the is heinous. But I'm going to stay there next time again because I'm going to go to the zoo. Oh. The office is actually open this time, and I want to go Gosh. to the Yankee game. I don't want to stay in the city either. I want to be able to park. At least I could park there. Traveling into the Bronx is absolutely heinous. It's almost like a different country for me. Because if you're if you're traveling from Jersey, you have to go to Jersey to Penn, and then Penn to the subway, and then the subway, you have to take two trains. So it's it's basically in a different country. Yeah, but I, I'm going to rent a car, so I don't need to take trains oh, and stuff. All right, all right. I'll, I'm tagging along with you then. All right. All right, let's take a break and we'll get into voicemail and mailbag. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. 
Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. All right, thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. All right, first mailback question. We're going to Twitter first. William Duncan at William Duncan NY. Are there any players that you think the Giants should try to trade for? All right, so didn't go crazy on this, but I actually thought it was a pretty interesting question. So uh, I appreciate it, old Bill Bill Duncan. Uh, so what I did, Justin, is I looked at 2022 free agents and guys on rookie deals because we can't really afford anybody on a big deal. Um, I'm not going to trade anybody in season, but say we're winning. You know, and at the deadline, we want to add a piece. You know, like say we, this defense is all right and we want to put it up another level. You want to add a piece and the office is scoring points and we're winning games. So I looked at some guys, three guys that came to my, my list. Guys on rookie deals that have that aren't on an ex, uh, expiring deal because we can't. I don't see us trading for anybody on an expiring deal, really. Um, so 2022 free agents. The names that came up to me, Justin. Kamoko Ture, Rutgers uh, alum. He played for the Colts. He had a bad injury last year. Um, the Colts may be willing to move on from him. They've drafted a lot of defensive linemen. It's a big rotation, but he's a, like he's a uh, like a true pass rusher off the edge, uh, a speedy guy. So Kamoko Ture is a guy I looked at. Justin Christian Kirk, the Cardinals wide receiver. Uh, you know they may have they have Hopkins, they have Larry Fitzgerald, and Kirk may not fit in there. And let me I mean let me pull up his his page. I mean what is Christian Kirk? He's a taller guy, isn't he? He was Josh Rosen's favorite guy. Uh, he's not that tall. He's five foot eleven, but nonetheless, I mean, in twenty nineteen and thirteen games, he had sixty eight catches, seven hundred nine yards, and three touchdowns, um, and had some decent numbers in twelve games in twenty eighteen. He's he's a guy I just liked, and he seemed to be like Rosen's favorite guy. Um, and yeah, another one. Uh, he was a guy that was supposed to. He was a guy that was supposed to break out a little bit in twenty nineteen in the fantasy world. Um, but I, and the reason why it's like, yeah, this guy has a good connection with Rosen. He should have a good connection with something that's a little bit better. So maybe a change of scenery might be good for him. Who else spotting? Uh, DJ Moore, Carolina guy. He had an awesome year last year, but the Panthers have moved on from, I mean, they traded Trey Turner for, um, Russell Okung. So they maybe like not want to bring him back eventually. And they trade him, um, and be tanking last year. He had almost 1200 yards and four touchdowns. Was DJ Moore drafted by Gettleman? 2018 draft so no he wasn't um but nonetheless he was drafted by the panthers so so dj moore could be a guy that isaiah win i wrote down but then the more i thought about it it's like i don't want to trade for anybody the patriots are trying to trade yeah it's a matter of financial fit because as we already kind of described towards the beginning of the episode the giants are kind of tight on that um and if we're debating on the importance of just save and or not even debating if we're talking about the importance of saving just 3.2 million dollars not sure if there's going to be anybody at like maybe the deadline. If like we can go after, that's going to be a huge get. But let's just say in training camp, if if a guy goes down, especially at wide receiver, like wide receiver is the one spot where it's like okay, if a guy goes down, we may need to think about signing somebody uh, or going out and trading for somebody. So wide receiver would be that spot. But we don't have a lot of uh, we don't have a lot of cap to bring somebody on. So that's the thing that sucks. Yeah. So the answer is no, but I did look at a few guys just in case we were looking at the <laughs> deadline. But I, I actually yeah. like that question because it made me think and made me look at players. And I always love looking at new players. We got to be ready. We got to be ready for anything, Bobby Skinner. Giants have to be ready. We have to be even more ready because we have to talk about it. All right. Let's go to our first voicemail. And I love this question. And I have some things I want to say about it. 
What's up, boys? It's Carlos, Big Blue Issues. Um, I got a question. Everyone wants to talk about um, we need to have an improvement for Daniel Jones. Improvement for Jones. And it's obvious he's got to fix turnovers and things like that. But what are you guys specifically looking for And in um, it would be a successful improvement for you guys? Like, is it pocket presence? Is it better decision-making? All of the above. What would you guys specifically be looking for? Um, besides that, that's all I got. Just getting home from work and uh, doing what you guys So I'm glad, Carlos, he got home from work. Hopefully he had a good day. Thank you for calling once again, and this is a wonderful question. Now, day one or Carlos? This isn't necessarily like quarterback-driven stats, but they're team-driven stats, but quarterback play is inevitably tied to these stats. So the Giants last year, in time of possession per drive, I didn't realize they were this bad. Um, Bobby, I want you to guess, league ranking, time of possession per drive, where do you think the Giants ranked across the National Football League? 30th. Wow, that's actually a very good guess. We are tied for 30th. Um, Washington slights us a little bit um, with two minutes and 31 seconds averaging per drive. Really? They run the ball so much. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you go three and out. Um, we are 31st in the league, two minutes and 31 seconds per drive. Worse than the National Football League, 32nd is the Carolina Panthers, two minutes and 26 seconds. Even so more. there's that. Uh, let's let's hold on to the ball for a little bit longer. <laughs> let's actually sustain some drives, which I've talked about before, but I never actually gave any kind of formal stats. Also, there's a stat called average lead, and average lead represents the average lead at the beginning of a certain drive and that drive. And the average lead the Giants had last year, that number was minus 3.15. So on you know per drive, they were averaging being behind three point you know around three points per drive and they that's how much many points they would be behind that ranked 25th in the national football league last year you're getting behind early in games which is resulting you into play catch up for the rest of the game and that and that's shown up in the stats right there and then when you don't hold on to the ball for that long you know uh, inconsistent offensive play all around you know quarterback is included in that you know you're putting more pressure on your defense so that's not necessarily working Daniel Jones. It can improve with like his actual play, but how good play from Daniel Jones can help the giants are in like those two areas where you're not playing from behind. And when you're actually having, you know, you're controlling the ball with, with better time of possession. Yeah. And by the way, I guess 30th, because you said, I didn't, I didn't realize we were this bad. So I was like, all right, let me, oh. let, let me guess. Um, but if bad if radio, you if, if you didn't preface it with that, I probably would have said like 23rd. I don't know. I don't know what I would have said. Uh, for me, the simple one is pocket manipulation and that will help with the fumbles where Jones would. And I, I do like this about him. The fact that he like keeps his eyes downfield, but there's times where he would just kind of float back in the pocket a little bit. Um, because he's like just trying to hold on, hold on to it. And then he would get a sack or, or get hit or, or whatnot. But I'd say, a a little off the beaten path one is there was some times where he would just be stuck on his read and he was just yep. waiting for a guy to get open. Cause he believed he was going to get open and finally he would just fire it. And like it would end up, there was a couple that were dropped interceptions. Like there was one against the bears that was late in the game. So I won't hold that one to the Campbell, but the, against the bucks, the remember the, the dropped interception against the bucks. So that those kind of throws where, you know, there's times where you will be on your first read. I remember, you I know, mean, I was watching Patrick Graham stuff and it was like, Philip Rivers, like, dude, you're, you're still like, you're 18 years old and you're like <laughs> stuck on your first read. Um, so 
for people to see think that like you're going to go through four or five progressions every play it's just it's just not realistic but being able to throw those in the dirt or or to maybe use his legs a little more often on those type of plays so that those would be the two uh the two ones for for me besides holding on to the damn ball yeah i believe there's actually data that's come out recently about completion percentage quarterback rating something on when you're throwing towards your first read and then when you have to go through your progressions a little bit more. So I'll check into that a little bit, and maybe we'll include that in Daniel Jones's PPP, because that was even something coming out of college that I think both of us looked at where it's like, yeah, Daniel Jones, when he's successful, he's basically going towards his first read, and you rarely see him go through his progression. So that's not a bad thing. If it's there, you take it. And Daniel Jones had a pretty good college career. That's like the whole NFL now, though. The whole NFL has turned into a one first read, and he does go through his progressions. Like I'm not sitting here saying, like, Compared to any other college QB, he went through his progressions more. Um, it's, you know, we know the whole Jones nitpicking thing last year. Like he went through his progressions more than Kyler or Haskins did. Uh, even Burrow, Burrow was a, uh, I don't know, Burrow worries me because like he had just such good talent around him. Yeah, it's like you know what, he probably should have got that ball away a little quicker. But he has these unbelievable wide receivers who win every jump ball. Like Burrow, I love Burrow because he. He works. I, I look at guys. I, I want to see how they work the middle of the field. You know, not just throwing like with Haskins, where it was throwing the sideline and you throw underneath. Where I like to see guys work the middle of the field because I feel like that takes more chances. You have to be quick. You have to know have better anticipation because it's a lot more clogged out there in there. Um, but Burrow, Burrow, man, you could tell me he ends up being a bust or he ends up being the best QB um, in the past five years, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised by either either one. But basically what I'm saying is that the NFL is a one-read offense, and it's not just, hey, don't don't look at your first read. It's more of when it's not there, don't try and force it. The league right now, it's all about the intermediate passing game. Uh, I actually was just reading something from Pro Football Focus today. They did like an in-depth study on um, like they're looking at different ways to quantify quarterback decisions. No, this is actually good. I think you would actually enjoy this because it, it, it there was no reference to pro football focus grades at all. So this is one of the things that they were actually saying, you know, we're, if we're talking about the NFL being a league based on like the intermediate passing game on third down catches seven yards deep with 10 yards to go gained a first down 56% of the time while catches at the line of scrimmage with three yards to go gained a first down 67% of the time. So check. So technically the check down on a third and short gains a first down more often than throwing the ball seven yards deep with 10 yards to go on a third down. So it's all about the intermediate passing game. That's that's basically the whole point. And if Jones is good on his first read and he can use that as a strength, that's a very, very good thing. All right, next, next question. Next question, all right. So we have our buddy at Giants underscore the number four underscore life with the Y. Um, he's actually been retweeting me very often. He's been liking a lot of my tweets, so I want to say thank you very much. He has the Hulk, but it's the Giants Hulk for his profile picture, and I think that's very cool. So he asks, because of COVID, do you see there being contract issues where players might be willing to take less pay the first year but gets made up over the life of the contract? Does a clause like that make players uncuttable? I've got no clue. I don't know the question. I don't even really know how to answer that question. But I will say I think you'll see some one-year deals um, with some more prominent guys in the offseason because 
if there's no fans or if they don't play games, there's not going to be as much. There's no, you're going to be no revenue, you know, um, they'll make their money, yeah. you know, but I think they'll use that as an excuse to not pay guys. I don't know. I don't know. Baseball's kind of broke my well, brain. Also, how bad they've handled it all. <laughs> I think the whole point with this question is not necessarily because of COVID why you may see like one year deals, but because the cap is going to expand and if the potential that you're going to be adding more regular season games and et cetera, and things like that. So you're going to see guys that are going to want to take those one year deals because they want to wait for the cap to expand like two, three years from now where it's going to absolutely explode. So that's why I think you may see like one year deals, not necessarily because of, of COVID and because we don't know, we don't know as of right now, there's going to be 16 games played. There you go. That's my answer. With fans there. Shut up, Fauci, you nerd. All right, let's go to our second and final voicemail. Hey, boys, this is Matt from Jersey City. Um, just wanted to share a thought I had, really get your take on something. Um, just came to my mind the other day, but not too long ago, you know, Kyler Murray was drafted by the Oakland A's, and it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to play in the NFL. Um, I mean, given the dumpster fire that is the MLB right now, how could any, you know, dual sport athlete choose the MLB over the NFL? But the skills seem to transition. You look at the Russell Wilsons, the Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murrays. It's really, um, you know, I'm wondering from like a macro sense, could there be a shift in the more, you know, 60, 40 baseball player guys coming to the NFL? Anyway, uh, go blue. I have a quick answer for this, and I know you may have a well more well more thought out answer because you've been with talking sports and you've been talking to Jake and Keith about this every week. Unfortunately, um, I'm so over that baseball. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it honestly is. I would hate to be a baseball podcaster right now because and I they honestly hate it too because it's been yeah, but somehow they force me to talk about it every week. Yeah, you would you would think that they wouldn't want to talk about it, but they keep on talking about it. But anyway, it's it's simply football. Is, see, I did it again. Did, did you see how I emphasized the T in football? <laughs> That's what people don't like. Football as a sport, the National Football League, they're taking care of their players that are going to get paid. They're taking care of them. There's yes. being more guaranteed money. There's being more guaranteed money that's being thrown around all over, all over the place. And baseball... They're not taking care of their players. Simple ah, answer. Not necessarily. I mean, baseball players get huge contracts and they're guaranteed, unlike NFL. So I think it depends on what you do. If you're Patrick Mahomes, if you're Kyler Murray, if you're if you're a QB, you're going to take a chance in the NFL, especially if you believe you're going to be good. But if you're Jeff Smarja, like I like, you know what? I don't want to be uh, a decent wide receiver. I want to be a pitcher who makes all the money that he did make when the Giants the Giants signed him. Right? Well, I know he started with the Cubs. Anyways, my point being, it depends who you are. Like, John Elway wasn't going to play baseball, but because he was a QB. Um, and you'd be surprised how many guys are actually drafting the MLB. You just don't hear about it. Like, the MLB drafts a ton of people, even though they, they've actually lessened their rounds. Because it used to be, like, what, like 80-something rounds or something like that? Am I, am I wrong I, about I that? I have no clue, but it's but it's it's crazy, though. I feel like I used to remember, like, hearing guys were drafting the 60-second round and stuff. But nonetheless, like a lot of guys get drafted. Um, I think it. if you're Kyler Murray, it's like, okay, I'm going to be the first overall pick in the NFL. Yeah, I'll do that instead of riding the bus for three years. I think that has way more 
to do with anything than this COVID stuff. And people are going to forget about this, you know, like once baseball ends up happening, like cause if, if baseball ends up happening, people are going to forget about this and it'll be on to the next thing. Like, I mean, look at the NBA in China. Remember, it's like, ooh, this is bad for the NBA, this, and these guys are hypocrites. And yet now, like, no one cares about that anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So people move on is what I'm saying. And if you think if people think they're going to be really good quarterbacks in the NFL, they'll play in the NFL. And if they don't think they're going to have long NFL careers, but they have long baseball careers, they'll pick baseball. And baseball has more guaranteed money if you end up do get into that second contract, which is tough with all their arbitration and crap, which is kind of crazy when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, because it takes six years to you know get to free agency. And by the time you come up through the minors, you could be 30 years old. Meanwhile, you can be drafted as a 22, 23-year-old to the National Football League, especially if you're good. You know, if you're if you're Mahomes, if you're Murray, and you're going to get your guaranteed money right away, and as a quarterback, you're mo- you're definitely likely to get a second contract. So, yeah. and that's um, the biggest draw. But th- I mean, more yeah. than anything, is that it's like you can get your money now. Yeah, but I like the question. Yeah, it was a nice little change of pace. Nice little change of pace. When and where? How about that, players? I finally turned on the players a little bit. So you guys said when and where, and now they gave you when and where, and it's like ooh, but not like there and then. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. I want Marcus Golden to tweet out when and where. And our company is too pro player. I think I feel like I need to take a little more pro owner spin going forward, just to be a contrarian. <laughs> we need to be unbiased. Oh, we love you, Trevor Plouffe. Um, at I'm Vanilla team, team Gorilla eighty nine. <laughs> Mr. Brownstone, our guy. <laughs> Mr. Brownstone, yes, he night nice challenger, and he puts our and he and he puts our sticker on his challenger. He asked a very simple but complicated and complex question: Where is Marty? This is Glenda Jones, and I need to talk to uh, Marty. Would you ask her to please call me? Thank was you. Was this the first? episode was, or the first voicemail episode that i was ever a part of and we yes. played this and there's the first voicemail episode ever um which is weird that she hasn't <laughs> called back you know that she hasn't called the wrong number again that's glenda jones that's daniel jones's grandmother who um called into our show to welcome justin on justin's first episode um i you know i ended up calling her i ended up calling her back and wasn't able to get a hold of her but i, I miss glenda jones that really bothered some people when we did that but also a lot of people enjoyed it. I thought you actually called her on air and you had a conversation with her and it was, Oh, we did. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. We did. I called her. That's what bothered people. I called her and they're like, that's messed up. And I was like, I was, very it was nice bad. To her. I was very nice to Glenda Jones. You were nice, but it was like bad. It was, she yeah. was just so I mean, confused. I was asking if, if she had a grandson named Daniel and she's like, Daniel in the Bible. Like, no, mm-hmm. um, even though mm-hmm. those dimes are biblical. Um, Anyways, oh, um, uh, yeah. So that we don't know where Marty is. The the search for Marty continues. It's like that lost airplane. Hey, that's what um Marty Brodier's wife asked to uh, her sister when Marty Brodier was hiding in the closet. Do you know that story? No. Listen, I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. Marty Marty Brodier is my favorite player of all time. But he was Uncle Daddy. He got. You know, his divorce was based off that he was cheating on his wife with her sister. Oh, Uncle tough. Daddy. Uncle Daddy. I love Marty, though. Greatest goaltender of all time. Don't come at me with advanced metrics of, oh, he had a good defense, blah, blah. He's the greatest of all time. I may have to get into hockey advanced metrics now just to just to make you mad. Plain and simple, Marty Brodeer is the greatest goalie of all time. 
Bobby Skinner, do we have anything else for the beautiful people of the world who are listening to this episode in the middle of June with... Uh, no, don't no. There's there's a decent amount going on. I was gonna say with nothing going on. This is the most news we'll get in an episode till training camp. And as I say that, um, we will find out that you know, um, you know, Dalvin Thomason gets arrested in three weeks. Whoa, for being for being too nice. He's for being too for nice. being too nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, should we just go like full anti police on this podcast just to get our guys out of jail? Um, no. No, no. I mean, we we could we could do. I mean, technically, defund the police to help the Giants roster going forward. No, anti anti establishment. I think we're both very anti establishment people without actually saying we're anti establishment. I wanted to so tweet. I think, yeah, I wanted to tweet out defund the police so the Giants roster will be better. But I just <laughs> like people as no. much as people would love that joke. Also, people would be like, "Oh, Bobby thinks that." There should be no police ever, and it's like then I have to do the conversation on Twitter. So I saved it for the podcast. Then you have to describe how community policing works. <laughs> that would be fun. And Seattle, Seattle, a bunch of bunch of crazy people up there. All right, we're getting to, we're getting a little off track. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. It's draft week with twenty twenty one draft week. Get excited. We love you guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Hopefully, no one gets arrested by that time. Until then, let's go. Big Blue.